Section 11 of The Expedition of Humphrey Clinker This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen The Expedition of Humphrey Clinker by Tobias Smollett Section 11 to sir watkin phillips of jesus college oxford hot well april eighteenth dear phillips i give mansell credit for his invention in propagating the report that i had a quarrel with a mountebank's merry andrew at gloucester but i have too much respect for every appendage of wit to quarrel with even the lowest buffoonery and therefore i hope mansell and i shall always be good friends i cannot however approve of his drowning my poor dog ponto on purpose to convert ovid's pleonasm into a punning epitaph deerant quoque litora ponto for that he threw him into the isis when it was so high and impetuous with no other view than to kill the fleas is an excuse that will not hold water but i leave poor ponto to his fate and hope providence will take care to accommodate mansell with a drier death as there is nothing that can be called company at the well i am here in a state of absolute rustication this however gives me the leisure to observe the singularities in my uncle's character which seems to have interested your curiosity the truth is his disposition and mine which like oil and vinegar repelled one another at first have now begun to mix by dint of being beat up together i was once apt to believe him a complete cynic and that nothing but the necessity of his occasions could compel him to get within the pale of society i am now of another opinion i think his peevishness arises partly from bodily pain and partly from a natural excess of mental sensibility for i suppose the mind as well as the body is in some cases endued with a morbid excess of sensation i was t'other day much diverted with a conversation that passed in the pump-room betwixt him and the famous dr l who is come to ply at the well for patients my uncle was complaining of the stink occasioned by the vast quantity of mud and slime which the river leaves at low ebb under the windows of the pump-room he observed that the exhalations arising from such a nuisance could not but be prejudicial to the weak lungs of many consumptive patients who came to drink the water the doctor overhearing this remark made up to him and assured him he was mistaken he said people in general were so misled by vulgar prejudices that philosophy was hardly sufficient to undeceive them then humming thrice he assumed a most ridiculous solemnity of aspect and entered into a learned investigation of the nature of stink 
he observed that stink or stench meant no more than a strong impression on the olfactory nerves and might be applied to substances of the most opposite qualities that in the dutch language stinken signifies the most agreeable perfume as well as the most fetid odour as appears in van flaudel's translation of horace in that beautiful ode quis multa gracilis etc the words liquidis perfusus odoribus he translates fancivet and maschata gestinken that individuals differed toto coelo in their opinion of smells which indeed was altogether as arbitrary as the opinion of beauty that the french were pleased with the putrid effluvia of animal food and so were the hottentots in africa and the savages in greenland and that the negroes on the coast of senegal would not touch fish till it was rotten strong presumptions in favour of what is generally called stink as those nations are in a state of nature undebauched by luxury unseduced by whim and caprice that he had reason to believe the stercoraceous flavour condemned by prejudice as a stink was in fact most agreeable to the organs of smelling for that every person who pretended to nauseate the smell of another's excretions snuffed up his own with particular complacency for the truth of which he appealed to all the ladies and gentlemen then present he said the inhabitants of madrid and edinburgh found particular satisfaction in breathing their own atmosphere which was always impregnated with stercoraceous effluvia that the learned dr b in his treatise on the four digestions explains in what manner the volatile effluvia from the intestines stimulate and promote the operations of the animal economy he affirmed the last grand duke of tuscany of the medicis family who refined upon sensuality with the spirit of a philosopher was so delighted with that odour that he caused the essence of ordure to be extracted and used it as the most delicious perfume that he himself the doctor when he happened to be low-spirited or fatigued with business found immediate relief and uncommon satisfaction from hanging over the stale contents of a close stool while his servant stirred it about under his nose nor was this effect to be wondered at when we consider that this substance abounds with the self-same volatile salts that are so greedily smelled to by the most delicate invalids after they have been extracted and sublimed by the chemists by this time the company began to hold their noses but the doctor without taking the least notice of this signal proceeded to show that many fetid substances were not only agreeable but salutary such as asafetida and other medicinal gums resins roots and vegetables over and above burnt feathers tan pits candle snuffs etc in short he used many learned arguments to persuade his audience out of their senses 
and from stench made a transition to filth which he affirmed was also a mistaken idea inasmuch as objects so called were no other than certain modifications of matter consisting of the same principles that enter into the composition of all created essences whatever they may be that in the filthiest production of nature a philosopher considered nothing but the earth water salt and air of which it was compounded that for his own part he had no more objections to drinking the dirtiest ditch-water than he had to a glass of water from the hot well provided he was assured there was nothing poisonous in the concrete then addressing himself to my uncle sir said he you seem to be of a dropsical habit and probably will soon have a confirmed ascites if i should be present when you are tapped i will give you a convincing proof of what i assert by drinking without hesitation the water that comes out of your abdomen the ladies made wry faces at this declaration and my uncle changing colour told him he did not desire any such proof of his philosophy but i should be glad to know said he what makes you think i am of a dropsical habit sir i beg pardon replied the doctor i perceive your ankles are swelled and you seem to have the facies leucophlegmatica perhaps indeed your disorder may be edematous or gouty or it may be the lues veneria if you have any reason to flatter yourself it is this last sir i will undertake to cure you with three small pills even if the disease should have attained its utmost inveteracy sir it is an arcanum which i have discovered and prepared with infinite labour sir i have lately cured a woman in bristol a common prostitute sir who had got all the worst symptoms of the disorder such as nodi tofi and gummata veruca cristo galli and a serpiginous eruption or rather a pocky itch all over her body by the time she had taken the second pill sir by heaven she was as smooth as my hand and the third made her sound and as fresh as a new-born infant sir i have no reason to flatter myself that my disorder comes within the efficacy of your nostrum but this patient you talk of may not be so sound at bottom as you imagine i can't possibly be mistaken rejoined the philosopher for i have had communication with her three times i always ascertain my cures in that manner at this remark all the ladies retired to another corner of the room and some of them began to spit as to my uncle though he was ruffled at first by the doctor's saying he was dropsical he could not help smiling at this ridiculous confession and i suppose with a view to punish this original told him there was a wart upon his nose that looked a little suspicious 
i don't pretend to be a judge of those matters said he but i understand that warts are often produced by the distemper and that one upon your nose seems to have taken possession of the very keystone of the bridge which i hope is in no danger of falling l seemed a little confounded at this remark and assured him it was nothing but a common excrescence of the cuticula but that the bones were all sound below for the truth of this assertion he appealed to the touch desiring he would feel the part my uncle said it was some matter of such delicacy to meddle with a gentleman's nose that he declined the office upon which the doctor turning to me entreated me to do him that favour i complied with his request and handled it so roughly that he sneezed and the tears ran down his cheeks to the no small entertainment of the company and particularly of my uncle who burst out a-laughing for the first time since i have been with him and took notice that the part seemed to be very tender sir cried the doctor it is naturally a tender part but to remove all possibility of doubt i will take off the wart this very night so saying he bowed with great solemnity all round and retired to his own lodgings where he applied a caustic to the wart but it spread in such a manner as to produce a considerable inflammation attended with an enormous swelling so that when he next appeared his whole face was overshadowed by this tremendous nozzle and the rueful eagerness with which he explained this unlucky accident was ludicrous beyond all description i was much pleased with meeting the original of a character which you and i have often laughed at in description and what surprises me very much i find the features in the picture which has been drawn for him rather softened than overcharged as i have something else to say and this letter has run to an unconscionable length i shall now give you a little respite and trouble you again by the very first post i wish you would take it in your head to retaliate these double strokes upon yours always j melford end of section 11